0: Hey, welcome back to another edition of Retire Smarter. Walter Storholt here with Kevin Krosky, President Wealth Advisor at True Wealth Design, serving you in Northeast Ohio, Southwest Florida, and the greater Pittsburgh area, or really from wherever you are in this digital age. Doesn't really matter where you are. If you're listening to the show, feel free to get in touch. You can go to truewealthdesign.com to book a time to chat with an experienced advisor on the True Wealth team. Kevin, great to be with you once again this week. What's going on in your world?
1: Well, it is always my pleasure. <coughs> wow, <clears throat> you're so moly. excited to be with me today. You just got choked up about it, man. That's wow! Like I'm not a high sure compliment. what happened there. Yeah, I just <laughs> snap out of it, Kevin. Um, yeah, no, we're we're great. Um, just a lot of going on. You know, kids not in school, enjoying summer activities. You know, we're going down to. Uh, the RV park or the camper van, as my kids call it, nice. uh, seeing the kids go in the swimming lake, which my wife thinks is gross, so daddy has to go in with them, which he enjoys. All good stuff all the way around. A lot of Americana happening every weekend.
0: I love it. I love it. Do you guys, uh, do the kids, are they doing like uh, camps and those kinds of things or mostly hanging out with you guys during the summer?
1: Uh, You know, n- no camps. So um, trying trying uh, horseback riding for my oldest oh, and, and doing cool. that with mom. I got it. Yeah, my wife doesn't listen to this. She probably hears me enough on a daily basis. But um, my wife is actually starting to work on uh, Friday mornings um, at, I don't know if you call it a horse farm or what, shows you how <laughs> in tune I am with this. But she's place. literally shoveling, you know, you know what, oh, wow. and okay. learning how to take care of horses. And um, I mean, she's incredibly passionate about it. So it's been really awesome to see. And she is bartering um, for. You know, lessons for her and uh, my oldest. So she starts this Friday, as a matter of fact, and I have to take the girls to swimming lessons on Friday. So we've kind of worked that into our schedule, and that's probably the biggest change that the Krosky family has going on right now.
0: So I got a little swimming, a little horse action, and uh, boy, it sounds like a fun summer in plan for all the Kroskies. That's fantastic. Yeah,
1: we, we keep it interesting for sure. And these kids, um, you know, we have two very well-adjusted kids, but it's very different from when I grew up. Let's put it that way. Yeah, that's very
0: true. Absolutely. Times, uh, they are changing and continue to change in front of us. No doubt about that. Uh, well, speaking of changes, obviously, we're always watching the market change these days and the economy in the news, all those kinds of things. And uh, I'm curious what you've got planned for us on today's show, Kevin. I see in your notes that you – Kevin always sends me like a little outline of kind of what he's thinking about for the day's episode, folks. So I'm going to peel back the curtain a little bit for you, see what goes on behind the scenes here in the show. And I got to be honest, Kevin, I'm seeing a lot of potential egghead alert trigger words (laughs) and abbreviations and those kinds of things I'm seeing. Now, we've had the Monte Carlo, you know, verbiage on the show before, but I'm seeing the word linear pop up and some abbreviations. So
1: I'm interested to see what you've got planned for us today. All right. Well, I'm going to try to do my best and de egghead it. Um. So that's the that's the whole point of this. So we've had a few uh, of the prior episodes where we've talked about just financial planning results, success rates. You know, things that you know, we had Tyler on on the last episode, Tyler Emmerich from my office, my partner, and just talking through some questions that clients and prospective clients have had recently about what to do. And we're always trying to relate it back to, you know, investment decisions back to their financial life plan and. And, and we mentioned these sorts of success rates and safety margins. And when we had, uh, both Dr. Michael Thinka and Dr. David Blanchett on earlier this year, it, it came up through those conversations as well. And it just got me thinking that. we talk about this in our client meetings and kind of deconstruct and and educate you know why we're saying what we're saying and, and help them understand on at least a high level you know their financial planning results and how we arrive at that we don't necessarily get into you know the sausage making unless they want to, and then we're happy to go down that rabbit hole. But most people you know, will say, Hey, that's what we hire you guys for. So, um, but I thought today we could deconstruct it a little bit. So not just our clients can have a reminder, but you know, really anybody that's, you know, whether you're doing some sort of financial planning tool or calculator online, you know, some of these things that really belie your financial planning results and how to better understand them. So, so that's kind of the process and, and kind of the framework that we're going to go through today, and uh, we'll see. But I'm going to try to avoid that egghead alert, okay, Walt? Sounds good to me.
0: Um, I think even when we trigger the egghead alert, you always do a good job of deconstructing it. So it's just when the words are mentioned, it's always fun to hit you with that. <laughs> but I think a conversation about results is great because we've got long term results, midterm results, you know, medium term, and then you know, right now, you know, like I might look at my portfolio right now and go, "It's not doing so well," but we have to then, because sometimes those long-term results or plans or goals aren't necessarily congruent with what's happening in the short term. And so sometimes it can be hard to kind of keep all of those things in perspective. So I'm hoping you'll be able to sort that out for us today.
1: I'll take it this way. And this wasn't on our, uh, my little bullet point I shared with you, but hey, we're going to do a quick detour here and I think it will be helpful. But you know, if you're a client uh, of ours, when you log into your client vault, you'll see you know, and you see your dashboard and you see you know, your dollars and the percent return and some benchmarks that we have for your investment portfolio. To really measure and make sure you're getting a return commensurate with how much risk you're taking. But then you also see a speedometer, you know, looking panel on the dashboard that shows the financial plan results. And um, it kind of looks like a speedometer, you know, green, as you can probably infer means good. Um, the software makers don't want to freak people out. So, you know, they don't put red on there. It's more of a magenta. But and then, you know, that's kind of how it if you could picture it in your mind, that's kind of how it looks. So speedometer goes up, like maybe you're going 50, 60, 70 miles an hour. and these success rates really go up on a scale from, you know, kind of zero to you can't probability based. So you can never have a hundred percent probability. There's always some uncertainty, but up to about 99%. And, and, and that's really kind of what's belying that is what you said, you know, Walt, it's it's a Monte Carlo simulation. So it's just a mathematical process. And and here's the way that I would explain it in plain English. All right, Walt, I know you're a millennial here, um, but I know you probably know who Bill Murray is, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Big fan All of Bill right. Murray. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, likewise, huge fan. Um, Have you seen the movie Groundhog Day? I I feel like I've seen it over and over. (laughs) Very good, Walt. (laughs) Very good millennial gold star there, buddy. Uh, um, So if I'm sure a lot of people are kind of picturing it in their mind and, you know, he he goes to see uh, Punxsutawney Phil and, you know, he's a weather forecaster and just keeps living the same day over and over and over and over again. And this sort of simulation that we do um, through the Monte Carlo uh, test is really kind of like that, you know, you're just kind of simulating uh, multiple retirement lifetimes and seeing, you know, based on return expectations and risk expectations for your portfolio, you know, whether you're going to go ahead and have a success or a failure. And, you know, what does success mean? Success just means as long as you have a dollar, at least $1 left at the end of your plan. Said another way, when you expire, I had a client a couple weeks ago said, you know, you should strike end of plan and just say, oops. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, nobody dies in financial planning, PC software land. It's, It's end of plan. So when we expire, whatever. But the failure is if you're dollar short. So it says nothing, absolutely nothing about the degree of success or the degree of failure. Um, I don't know about you, Walt. Not that I would you know plan on bouncing a check, but if I had to bounce a check, you know, it was the last check of my life and I was a dollar short, I'd say, okay, hey, not too bad, right? I was pretty-, I was pretty Made it all the way to the end.
0: All yeah. the way to the end. And, um, well, and that, I was That okay. is the goal for some people, right? Like, that's the stated goal is I want that last check to bounce. Like, that's the <laughs> that's the thing they're shooting for. You got it.
1: Um, so failure, you know, could mean that, I mean, if you ran out of money 10 years into retirement, you're in your early 70s. I mean, that's a, that's a very different sort of failure than bouncing your last check. And conversely, you know, if you ended up, you know, dying with, you know, millions and millions of dollars and more than you expected, then, you know, that's a success. But, you know, I mean, at the same time, you can kind of look at it from the framework of, well, I mean, you could have really done a lot more with that, you know, whether it was for yourself, you know, for your family, for charities that you support. So you know that's kind of a bit of an aside but i think an important qualitative consideration to think about as well but from a pure kind of mathematical standpoint it's just looking at that success or failure is whether you have a shortfall or whether you have a surplus at the end of your plan so okay so it says nothing about the degree of success or failure i get it that's limiting so you know what else do we do to kind of utilize this tool because it is a good tool that I personally think everybody should be using or should be using something similar to this. Well, you know, a few things. Well, safety margin is something else that we talk about or how much is, is left. Um, so let me give you kind of a framework here. Suppose you have uh, you know, a client, um, and I can think of a client that is fairly conservative, uh, just had a 10-year anniversary with our firm last week. We sent them a little kind of uh, a crack gift. Um, they thought it was hilarious. They called me and thanked me and talked about it, and we just kind of reminisced about working together over the years. And, and no, I won't say what, it, what the gift was, so don't ask, Walt um personal between us and the client in that an regard. inside joke we, we, would, <laughs> inside, we, wouldn't, yes. we wouldn't get it right <laughs> so so that client specifically is is very conservative um just qualitatively even though they can afford to take more risk in their financial plan they just prefer not to so when you look at their financial planning results you see the success rate you know very high upper 90 percent range looks really good um their safety margin is okay um however There's not a ton that's there projected to be there, you know, at the end of their plan. You know, if they said another way, maybe they, for example, they need, uh, say, say it's a percent and a half after inflation is kind of their bogey, if you will. And that's kind of a, you know, kind of a round number, if you will, but it's another way to think of it you know, they are a very conservative investor. So, you know, they don't have a lot in stocks and higher expected return assets. So their return expectation is, is pretty close to that, or maybe a little bit higher than that. But so while their success rates are really high, it's also related to how risky their investment portfolio is, because uh, whether you call it kind of the wiggle factor or volatility or how much it's going to move around, but it's just looking at you know the variability of those outcomes for that type of portfolio. And because their variability is low, their confidence or success rates are high, but they have a little bit of safety margin. So if they really have something completely unforeseen come up that's not in the financial plan as a spending goal, very quickly, their financial plan results and their safety margins could come down. Um, now, they're very well aware of that. It's something that we reiterate consistently but they just don't feel comfortable taking more investment risk and so you know they have to have a plan that they can live with so these were a tr- this was a trade-off that they made after we made the decision making very concrete for them so it's return expectations and risk expectations and so as you move up the risk spectrum, you are introducing more risk you know into the stress test and into the portfolio so you know all these things are kind of important to remember you know I've heard people like literally come in for a, a new, Client meeting, and maybe they had an advisor before. They're like, "Oh, you know, hey, my Monte Carlo," and they'll even use the phrase Monte Carlo, which I prefer not to use generally in a meeting. But um, I always use the Bill Murray Groundhog Day story about it. You know, my Monte Carlo is this, and and they actually remember the number, and that's that's kind of good and kind of bad because some of the how it's constructed matters a great great deal. Um, And some of the assumptions that belie that matter a great deal. And uh, unfortunately, I think in today's technological age, which is awesome, um, but technology is kind of a black box to people. It's like, hey, let me just input some data and I get this answer and this magic thing tells me what to do. Well, if you don't know the assumptions that that's built on, and again, that's not our client's job, that's our job or another advisor's job. And, you know, if somebody's doesn't have an advisor and is really doing this on a self-directed basis, they should understand this stuff because it, it does impact their decision-making. But when you look at some of the assumptions that belie that, I just think of like how we construct plans. For example, um, we don't have one goal, uh, so we have multiple goals. We've talked about this, you know, just recently with Dr. Blanchett about kind of the retirement spending smile and how people spend less as they age, um, generally speaking. You know, with the caveat that some may spend a lot more for healthcare at the end of life. Well, you're going to have some goals that are going to be there in your 60s and you're in the go-go years and you're doing more travel and more entertainment and more discretionary spending. And then over time, it's going to just become you know more of the needs-based type spending. So when you're doing these sorts of stress tests and you see that, hey, you know if I have a multitude of goals and um, say maybe somebody's plan isn't incredibly well-funded, but it looks like, okay, maybe it's good enough, so to say. Well, good enough to us is that those needs-based goals are going to be well funded, regardless of what it happens, you know, to investment markets, to inflation, you know, what have you, that they can, you know, retire with confidence that their needs are going to be met. And then if, you know, maybe if the plan isn't well funded and they go ahead and they incur, you know, some unforeseen expenses that are going to eat into their safety margins or, you know, returns that, you know, are maybe a prolonged bear market. It's really, I think uh, it's more of a framework of having to make a change. Um, And certainly, it's not going to be changes made in spending for those needs based goals. It is going to be in the more discretionary category. And that framework allows us to go ahead and have those conversations with clients. Um, I'm just thinking back to the last episode that we had, Walt, when Tyler kind of remarked with a client that just retired in January, like coincident with you know both stock and bond markets selling off, you know, to quite a quite a degree here in the first half of the year, and it's. That sort of thing when you can go back and say, Look, you know, we already looked at this. We already prepared for this. This is unfortunate. Nobody likes to see their accounts go down. But even if it does go down, you know, we're not cutting back from the needs. You know, these were the goals that you had that were in kind of the ones category and are more discretionary based on your own values that we measured. But we don't have to cut back at all yet. And if they did have to cut back, well, that framework would allow them to make it very concrete where they would have to cut back. And that's another problem with these whole. Monte Carlo um, frameworks or simulations, at least currently um, in any of the major financial planning softwares that I'm familiar with, it doesn't, it's, it's just static. You know, you do this sort of stress test, you do these simulations, you go through Groundhog Day, but you don't, you know, you kind of just drive off the cliff if you fail. <laughs> I don't know about you, Walt, but, uh, you know, if if I see that there's going to be, you know, I don't I think back to like when I started my business and I had to pay real close attention to cash flow, you know, I wasn't leading with the chin and and just kind of spending money recklessly. I was paid a lot of attention. And if if cash flow was tight, then I would have to rein in my spending and I would change my behavior you relate to that at all or were you just uh, independently wealthy and never had to worry about something like that
0: <laughs> i can definitely relate to it and even in places in life where we've been more comfortable with those things cash flow and uh, you know income levels and you know operating costs whether it be from business or a personal standpoint i still love operating with like for me at least like my psychology I love the safety margin. So you know, when I put together my budget, I always add in a little bit extra for everything. You know, and if if, if the you know electricity bill is typically two sixty six, I'll just make it you know even as simple as two seventy or two eighty. You know, I'll build in some buffer in every little item that goes into the plan, and then I'll try to undershoot a little bit on the expected income side of things. So if we know everything looks good on paper, it leaves us that wiggle factor kind of in our personal finances, uh, as well on the business side. So yeah, I mean, I love that idea of that safety margin and kind of how we lead our day to day lives, it makes total sense to kind of lean on some of those same tools from an investing standpoint. And as you talk about, like, you know, risk and return expectations and all these kinds of things, it, it's nice, at least that we don't have to kind of completely reinvent the wheel in our heads to have success and to kind of translate uh, what's happening in our financial plans.
1: Yeah, completely agree. And, you know, you kind of have a hierarchy of expenses too. You know, we've talked about this a lot, you know, whether you're a business owner, I mean, rule number one in being a business owner is, you know, you better make payroll. And thankfully, if you ever talk to a business owner that, you know, worried about making payroll or wasn't able to meet it, um, I mean, it's just... uh, Gut wrenching thing. Uh, thankfully, I, I never encountered not being able to meet that. Um, but I certainly had to, you know, cut back, you know, early, particularly early on, and um, and just. You know, keep an eye on things, but I wasn't cutting back from those core people expenses. It was you know more discretionary expenses, things like that. And whether you're you know uh, you're a retiree, you see have the same sort of hierarchy um, of expenses, where again some are more needs based and some are more discretionary, and everybody has a value judgment base to those. But you know, one of the things that you said I think is really important. And it makes me think of a story. We did an episode years ago about a client who uh I I said her name was Raquel. And uh Raquel is just an amazing woman. She listens to most of these and um she's just awesome. And unfortunately, uh her mom just passed recently and uh I'm just kinda my heart goes out to her. She's just an amazing lady and went through a lot with her mom. And I never met her mom, but I could imagine, you know, she's uh, Raquel is probably a lot like her mom. Um, but one of the things Raquel did uh, early on was kind of padded the expenses <laughs> that she said that she she had and, um, and that we kind of fed into her retirement planning. And thankfully, we always have a trust but verify approach here <laughs> in True Wealth and we believe in measurement. And uh, it was pretty consistent. I'm like, you know, Raquel, uh, what's going on here? You know, you're making this you tell me you're spending that and um, and you keep having more money building up in your savings account. Something's not jiving here. And then it was probably a couple years into it where she fessed up and came clean that she was just being overly conservative and kind of padding things. And, and I mentioned that because, you know, if you have a good Financial planning process and a good advisor that's guiding you, they should already be doing this and making sure that you know where your cash is coming from and you're not leading with the chin. Um, so if you're if you're being careful on top of being prudent, then you know you ultimately may end up having to work longer or spend less than what you otherwise would. So I think complete transparency is 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 a good thing both ways for client and advisor for that matter. But to kind of go back to it, I mean, and just put maybe put a little bow on this, but these Monte Carlo results, these simulations. Again, nothing's perfect. There is no crystal ball that's out there. I mean, planning is a process. This thing, things happen. You know, look at just what's happened over the last, you know, few years or decades. I mean, we have the financial crisis in the 2000s that was fairly prolonged and incredibly scary. And then we have markets that are just kind of pretty much going straight up for more than a decade. COVID hits and, you know, who knows what's going to happen? And then it sells off and then it comes back so quickly and, and, faster than anybody expected and now we have you know stocks and bonds going down at the same time for the first time in quite a while here in 2022 but you know and those are just investment markets and then you think about how your life changed you know over these years too financial planning is a process it's always kind of coming back you know it's looking at that point on the horizon here's where we you know intentionally want to take our lives here's the lifestyle that we want to have and the lives that we want to lead and then here's how we align our financial resources to go ahead and try to get to that point on the horizon. But you know, as things happen, as markets and economies and life changes, it's always just kind of you know, making sure that we're course correcting and not veering too far off path so we don't we just have to make a small change, if any, you know, rather than some big change that people probably are not going to process too well. So, these simulations are a very important tool. Um, you really have to know what belies them. You know, there's other ways to do it, but pragmatically, I mean, I, I you know, no offense to um, the two doctors that we recently had. Um, they are researchers; they're not practitioners. But the way that the financial planning softwares are currently constructed, that is the framework by and large. And there's other ways to do it, but there's there's shortcomings for, for really any way. I mean, if you uh, one thing I will mention on a quick tangent, you know, if you have Excel and you're kind of just making some you know spreadsheet projection with a linear return assumption, and you know your expenses are going to increase by some you know, stated inflation rate, um, that is woefully inadequate. Woefully bold, underlined exclamation point. So you're kind of taking a step in the direction is having more of a scenario type analysis like we talked about today, but you really have to kind of understand this stuff. And, and for most people... I don't know. I mean, if I had to sit my wife down and walk her through this, I mean, she's an incredibly smart lady and say, hey, you have to understand the underlying assumptions in your Monte Carlo results. She's going to smack me, Walt. I mean, she, it's just she, not going to trigger <laughs> the egghead alert on you, I think. <laughs> she's she's going to do something. I'm not sure. I don't want to find out. But you know, somebody that's, that's smart, that's trustworthy, that can communicate well, does have to know this and it has to be able to interpret those results to really provide that framework to the client to make sure that they can make an informed decision on what's right for them so hopefully at worst there's small course corrections not huge ones but you know it's all those things in a nutshell everything uh nothing is perfect but everything is changing and ongoing and it's always coming back and keeping your eye on the ball
0: I'm sure folks have questions, and so if you do, reach out to Kevin Krosky and the team at True Wealth Design by going to truewealthdesign.com. You can click the Are We Right For You button to schedule a 15-minute call with an experienced financial advisor on the True Wealth team. So if you've never put together a full-blown financial plan before, or if you need second opinion of kind of what your current strategy is, what you're doing, you need to stress test some things, you need to discuss these safety margins and run some of these simulations and kind of really go through the planning process with someone who's done this with uh, literally hundreds or I, can I say thousands of clients in in the past, Kevin? I, I, would imagine. Um,
1: I mean, we have I don't know somewhere north of probably close to 400 clients today. So, yeah, I mean, I, I have no idea if I can say thousands. It's like the whole McDonald's thing. We're not McDonald's. Let's put it that way. But we've, we do this quite a bit. We do it every day. Yeah. uh, Fantastic. Um,
0: I I didn't want to, you know, overstate uh, numbers or anything like that. But yeah, literally hundreds of designs and plans and couples and families uh, that the True Wealth Design team has helped throughout the years. So if you'd like to have a conversation similar to those previous folks who have gone down this road, a similar path to you likely, um, and gotten that help and gotten some custom guidance, reach out to Kevin and the team. Again, truewealthdesign.com. Or call 855-TWD-PLAN, and you can get in touch today and get that process started. Kevin, I finally have the perfect analogy for how you plan for, you know, people's financial futures and retirement and, and what captures it perfectly. So I have a really, really steep driveway um very very steep it's pretty straight there's only just the slightest little little curve in it but for the most part it's pretty pretty straight um lots of trees lining both sides though so you don't have a lot of room for error we're kind of down in a valley sort of in the woods if you will and i have been driving my utility trailer a lot more lately and i've been trying to back up all the way up this very steep driveway now it's very difficult to back up without a trailer For a lot of people, especially if it's their first time doing it. So doing it with a trailer, anybody who's ever tried to back up a trailer before and doesn't do it all the time knows that that can be a little bit of a learning curve to figure out. I finally did it because I'd love nothing more than to just kind of set my course and just go backwards and get to the finish line. I think a lot of people like their financial plan to be that way, right? Just set it and forget it. Pick your direction and go. But I finally nailed it this past weekend, and I just made like a 100 little course corrections all the way up. I was just constantly wiggling the wheel left, right, left, right, left, right. Just every time the trailer looked like it was just about to get out of alignment, boom, I'd fix it. And then it would get a little bit, out, boom, fix it again. And I made it all the way up pretty smooth, pretty fast, and I was like, all right, finally mastered it. And I feel like that's the way you guys do financial planning. You've got your goal, you've got your direction, but you're nimble enough to make all these little changes along the way with these safety margins and these small adjustments and all these kinds of things to... Know, just make sure that you're constantly adapting to the changing world around us.
1: You got it. I'll say it another way and I, I use a similar analogy. I call it you know, you know, if you're on a plane, <laughs> you got in your landing, you gotta you wanna land on the runway, right? You don't wanna go off in, in in the grassy field or or god forbid it's something worse than that. But you wanna come down on the runway, you know, somewhere on that it doesn't exactly have to be perfect necessarily all the time. Maybe it's windy out there, life You know, may throw some gusts at you, but you got to land it on the runway and you got to be okay. And um, life is going to have, you know, some inclement weather and it's going to throw it at us. But we got to we got to stay on that runway. Um, Absolutely. Whether we're backing up the trailer or landing the plane or I don't know, probably uh, 10 other analogies that we could come up with. But things are going to happen. Life is going to happen. And uh, we just need to keep our finger on the pulse. It's another saying, Kroskyism, coupon Krosky. There you go, Walt.
0: (laughs) I wasn't going to hit you with that one today, but uh, hey, why not? Uh, I love it. If anybody's wondering where the coupon Krosky term comes from, go back and listen to the previous episode that we did with Tyler, and uh, there's some good stuff in there for sure. Uh, In addition to financial planning, some fun personal stories about Kevin. Uh, We will have more great things to talk about on the next edition of the show. Until then... Kevin Krosky, I'm Walter Storholt, and we will talk to you next time right back here on Retire Smarter. Thanks for listening.